This is Daisenshu EX, the podcast, episode 53 for the week of November 26th, 2006. Welcome to Daisenshu EX, the podcast, an extension of the all-encompassing Dragon Ball fan site, Daisenshu EX. We cover anything and everything Dragon Ball in hopes of enlightening and just a little bit of entertaining. How are y'alls doing today? Good. Oh, a little tired, but I'm good. That's because you just got up. It wasn't that, you know, soon ago. <laughs> it's very late Ish. in the day. We've already, we've gone to Dunkin' Donuts, we've vacuumed, we've cleaned, I've taken apart Nintendos, I've put Nintendos back together. It's oh, been fine. very exciting so far. Yeah, yeah, okay. <laughs> Still. I am Mike Labrie, perhaps you know me as Vegito EX, and to the far north, sorta, kinda, not really, that is Julian. Hey. Hey. So. So what is up? How about them Dragon Balls? Yeah, how, how about them? There's seven uh, of them. Yeah. Anyway, uh, how's everybody's Thanksgiving? Not too bad, actually. I, I have to say, I can't complain too much. Yeah. Well, that's... That's good. Because <laughs> you didn't have to drive. That's true. It was raining. Yeah, that kind of mm, sucked. sucked. How was yours, sir? Well, it was not that bad. I actually went down to New Jersey and spent the holiday with my relatives. So it was not bad at all. That is good. And hey, over here to my less than proverbial right, this is Mary. That it is. Hello. Yeah. How you doing? I'm all right. I'm a little winded after cleaning. Sad but true. Aww. I could barely walk from yesterday. Yes, last night, well, it's uh, Saturday, I guess we should say, we're on a crazy recording schedule, usually Friday, sometimes Thursdays, and now it's Saturday again. Last night we went to a Say Anything show. Woohoo! Always fun. And it was a lot of standing. It and, was a lot of Plus standing. I went to a gym class for the first time in nine months, so my calves are killing me. <laughs> so yeah, because I had I had yesterday off, so I decided, oh, I'll go to the gym for once. Now, it, oh, now I'm sore. It's a very showy weekend. Mm-hmm. Because Sunday we're going to see Texas is the Reason. Oh my. Yeah. Not that any of these bands probably mean anything to a lot of our listeners, but I think I should share good things with them. Look it up. Enjoy things. So busy weekend, we're we're kind of tying in recordings when we can. It's going to be an interesting episode in that Mary and I have actually already recorded the topic for the week several days ago. So we're going to have a little bit of time shifting going on. This'll, I see. This will be fun. But we still have some general stuff to talk about. People like that. And some of it's Dragon Ball related. Last week, as you may know, was our one year anniversary episode. So we're going into another year here with episode 53. Also last weekend, we went up to New York to visit Mary's sister and kind of cruise around. She actually doesn't live in New York, but across the pond there. But we did a little shopping, and I picked up lots of stuff. I picked up the VHS of DBZ Movie 7, because it was there. In for cheap, and in good condition. It's in fantastic condition. I just like having it there. And I picked up, you know, V-Jump and a couple other things. I got another Kanzenban and some random Toriyama stuff. So I got some nice new Dragon Ball stuff sitting over here on the bookshelf. Which I notice is becoming predominantly Dragon Ball. It, it used is. to be about like one quarter Dragon Ball, and now it's <laughs> like uh, 80% Dragon Ball, and the actual books have been you know, kind of shifted over to <laughs> obscurity over here. There's a row of Dragon Ball 16-bit video games in front of... Actual books. You know, important books. <laughs> 
but that's okay because they look pretty too. Uh, okay. We we got a Wii last weekend as well. Yeah, we, we camped out at Target. Yeah, that originally wasn't our plan. We were thinking of going there at like 6 a.m. before the store opens, but we were there shopping for other stuff. You know, in the afternoon that Saturday, and we saw kids already lined up. We're like, crap, I guess we're camping because we didn't want to risk anything. So we got our Wii. We did. We do not have Sparking Neo or, as the kids say, uh, Budokai Tenkaichi 2. Because I kind of have it in Japanese on the PS2, and I didn't particularly love the game in the first place, so I'm not exactly going to spend another 50 bucks on it. I'm thinking about renting it a little bit and just seeing how it plays on the Wii, but I don't actually plan on buying it. Uh, what other stuff is going on? Oh, Dragon Ball-related video games here. Mr. Deluxe to the rescue, as always. <laughs> I have not been able to play any of my Super Famicom games, because, well, my Super Nintendo kind of doesn't like to play most games, but... I did have that Mega Drive game, and we came to the conclusion that a fantastic way to play Mega Drive games on your US Genesis was to plug the Mega Drive game into a Game Genie, and then into the Genesis itself. Uh-huh. Because the top of the uh, Game Genie doesn't have the kind of... It, just like Super Nintendo, it's not really software lockout, it's more hardware, where it's just got like curves in the certain places and it doesn't quite fit together. But the top of the Game Genie doesn't have that, so you can plug anything into it. So I've got the Mega Drive game... Going into the Game Genie, which goes into the 32X, which goes into the Genesis. I'm looking at this thing right now, and it's a huge tower. (laughs) It's, like, massive. You know what I really want to do is plug the Game Genie into Sonic and Knuckles, and then the Sonic... (laughs) So it'll have, like, three steps of games. Actually, I don't know if the Game Genie will fit onto the top of Sonic and Knuckles. I wonder if they ever predicted that people would be using these things in such a weird way. But you know what I could do? It wouldn't play anything, but I could put... Sonic and Knuckles into the Game Genie. And then on top of Sonic and Knuckles, I can... No, that actually wouldn't... Never mind. I just want to stack <laughs> as many things vertically as I can. It's fun. I actually took a couple of pictures of uh, my little Sega setup over here, so we'll put those up. Uh, I-, I think that's the stuff. It's kind of video game related, but it's always fun telling stories of, you know, hardware workarounds to play video games. I enjoy that. We're going to have an interesting episode. Like I said, we're time-shifting on the topic. We don't have a whole lot of news, so we're kind of going to introduce this, not a recurring segment, but every once in a while, we like to tell stories, so we'll do that. But we will hit the first bit of news right now. In the news this week, well, as we all know, Funimation has this remastered DBZ nonsense going on. We talked uh, quite a bit about it last week in our anniversary episode, about all the widescreen and uh, high definition, all that nonsense that they're spewing. Well, Funimation actually did put up a couple comparison images uh, earlier this week, and um, yeah, they're widescreen. And they're claiming, oh, there's all this footage on the left and the right, which there is. And even from Funimation's screenshots, you can see that they've cropped the top and the bottom of the images. So did they not even address that? I don't think they really did in their kind of post here. Just the the first post on the page. They just, you know, they plug all the good things about it. Oh, it looks better. And there's all this extra footage. And I'm going, well, you can't see Gohan's arm. And the top of the screen is much closer to that cloud than it was in the above picture. And what's really lame is that they're comparing these really small, non-full-sized GIF files that aren't even necessarily in the correct aspect ratio to begin with. It's kind of like, guys, like we said last week, you can't fool anime fans. Mm -hmm. I believe your phrasing was they're very technologically (laughs) adept. Yes. 
And, and uh, someone at Funimation is clearly not when right. putting up these images. <laughs> I think someone even actually linked to that uh, three-way comparison I did with the Dragonbox arrival and then Saiyan Showdown. Mm-hmm. They're like, look, this is a comparison image. <laughs> this is how you do it, people. <laughs> I mean, that image wasn't in the correct aspect ratio either. I left that at 720 by 480, but that was mostly just because I wanted to leave as much, you know, grain as you can see on that. So that's really what's going on in the news. There's not a whole hell of a lot going on anywhere else. Uh, It's kind of a slow time of year. All the big games have come out. No real announcements there. Anyone have any uh, extra comments on this little bit of news while we're still on it? Mm, Can't think of anything. No, not that exciting yet. Well, Well, it seems mm. like the excitement kind of wore off. Now it's just anger again. Like, oh, is it really? Like typical Dragon Ball fans. See, I'm not paying attention, so I didn't know people uh, were angry. kind of browsed through it. But. I thought the initial impression was happiness. Yeah, and then they started, you know, doing their comparisons and saying, wait a minute, you're taking away our footage. It's like they're giving us footage, but then they're taking away from the tops and bottoms. Exactly. It's so weird. Funny giveth and funny taketh away. Oh, yeah. Indeed so. It's so funny. Oh, ho, ho, ho. Oh, dear. Oh, shall we move on? Yes, sir. Our new segment here, I'm going to call this Fandom Theater. Huh. It's more of like a story time. Not quite masterpiece theater, but fandom theater. And what I'll be doing here is channeling just a little bit, for old school fans, of the old mailbag from Vegito EX's homepage in the old Daisenshu EX. A younger, more angry Vegito EX that we all grew up with and he, know and love. He had very many reasons to be angry. And it's instances like this where he comes back. You know, I... He's like Angelus, hidden inside me. And then if just too much stuff gets thrown at me, I just fucking go berserk. You turn into uh, a vampire too? Awesome. I do. I get all bumpy. Remind me to stay away from you with that. <laughs> yeah, me too. So I want to tell you a little story. And uh, I guess you could also call this segment something like things that make you go, hmm. Things that make you go, hmm. Or you could also alternatively call it, what the fuck is wrong with fans? Seriously. Seriously. What? You. What is wrong with you? What goes through your head when you pull a stunt like this? All right. So here we go. About a week or so ago on the forum, this random person shows up and just starts responding in threads here and there, here and there, over there, and pretty much all they were doing was spamming the link to a particular website. I don't know what this site is, I've never been there. Basically, they were just providing links to lots and lots of downloadable music. Now, on Daisenshu EX, you know, we've had some music in the past. They're always very low, non-CD quality things, usually some rare CDs that you can't find or things that never even came out on CD. We really don't approve of, you know, full downloads of CDs or episodes and stuff. And we say this in the forum rules. I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to delete all of these posts. Uh, eventually, the person started, you know, images in their signatures and... I don't even remember what the hell else was going on, just not typing properly, all that stuff. Enough to warrant breaking enough rules to get banned? Exactly. I ended up just banning them completely. Like, I'm not going to deal with this. This isn't worth it. Uh, One of their posts was asking where they could buy the CD single of Makafushiki Adventure which is the first opening, or the only opening theme, to the original Dragon Ball TV series. So, give us a year here. Uh, 1988. Okay. The, I believe the CD single came out. I, I'm not entirely sure on that. You know, the show started in 1986. We're, we're talking late 80s here. CD single. Basically, it's something you really can't find anymore, unless you're digging around on eBay. Uh, the only CD single I've ever seen in stock anywhere uh, has been the We Got a Power single. Yeah. For some reason, I don't know, that's... 
still at like CD Japan and stuff. Uh, I think someone gave him an answer. Whatever. The person ended up getting banned. So it was just getting ridiculous. So then I start getting emails from the person. You know, why was I banned? Was <laughs> I, and of course, I can't read any of these emails because there's no capitalization, no punctuation. Words are spelled like what instead of what, you know, all that nonsense. And I do send a couple of emails back and forth. I'm like, you know, this is what you did wrong. I don't know what the site is. I don't really care what this site is. We don't approve of this, etc. This person also asks me, you know, after they've been banned, can you send me these songs? Because they really want the karaoke versions of Makofushiki and Romantic. And, you know, I said to them, I, well, I don't actually own this CD single. Even if I did, I wouldn't send you these songs just because you want them. You know, I fought long and hard for a lot of the CDs I have. I'm not going to just randomly send MP3s to people because they want them. Now, if I had to fight for them, you have to fight for them. Spend a little money. Buy the things you want. That's how it works. This person's under this extreme delusion that I'm lying to him and I actually do own the CD single. <laughs> <laughs> it's like, why would you even lie about something like that? Now, contrary to popular belief, I don't actually own every single last Dragon Ball CD ever released in the world. Close to it, but not really? quite. <laughs> Believe it or not. I'm heartbroken. <laughs> so uh, they really want me to send them the music. I'm like, dude, I don't have it. Okay, well, where can I buy it? I explained to them, well, you know, the CD is about 20 years old at this point. It's not something that you can just walk into a store and buy or buy from CD Japan or Amazon or anything like that. It's just not in stock. It's like two decades old. Well, they don't like this answer. And again, they're asking me to send them the songs. And eventually I start channeling old Vegito EX. I'm like, dude, reality check. I don't own this. If I owned it, I wouldn't send it to you anyways. You're going to have to scour eBay for several years and hope you can find it. Eventually, um, I'm queer, uh, he's not even really that big of a DBZ fan anyways, blah, 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 you know, just those kind of responses. So he's not that big oh, of a, a DBZ fan, but, you know, he's off trying to find karaoke versions of theme songs from 20 years ago? Yeah. Yeah, I believe that he's not a big fan. Right. <sighs> so what it comes down to is, alright, you're banned on my forum, now I'm just blocking your email address completely, I don't have time for this, this is not my day job, fuck off, alright? What happens the next day? Uh... The same email, except at something else, like instead of Hotmail, is at Yahoo or something like that. I get an email from him, very nice again, asking for, you know, these songs. Like, was I'm not like going to know who it is. <laughs> so he was trying to be someone else? I, I, I don't know. What, I'm dying to know how old this person is. Exactly. So I don't even respond, and I know another day or so passes, and I get another rude email, like, why aren't you responding to me? <laughs> Blocked. You get uh, freaking stalkers, man. We're not done yet. It sucks being we're you. We're not <laughs> done yet. This is not the end? This is not the end. We have a guest book on our website. Oh, right. We've actually had the same guest book, believe it or not, since I started the website. You can go back to 1998 in our guest book and see the fucking drama over the years. It's amazing. <laughs> now, I have our guest book set to moderated. If you make an entry in the guest book, it doesn't show up unless I explicitly go in and either approve or deny it. I go in there to see what's there. Pages and pages of guestbook entries from this person. Where can I buy the <laughs> CD single? You're a queer, blah, 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 blah. Like, they don't seem to quite understand that it's not showing up. Maybe that's for a reason. Let's make another 20 entries of the same thing. So I go in, I delete them all, and I, you know, I approve the other ones that are just normal, like, hi, I like your site, or, you know, you missed this, this would be cool to have, etc. So these are all gone. 
uh, I look at YouTube today and um, I have an entry that says on my um, like user profile, I guess you can post messages, says something like, hey, look who it is, the guy who hates me and won't send me the CD single. <laughs> <laughs> like, he's stalking you everywhere you exist wow. we're not done yet we're oh, not Christ. done yet I look in the guest book again um, later this morning and we have an entry from Hiroki Takahashi saying hi I'm Hiroki Takahashi from Japan I've lost my CD single with the Magafushigi <laughs> and romantic karaoke versions can you tell me where to buy it in Japan <laughs> kids, kids 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 what the fuck is wrong with you I, I don't understand what is wrong with you. Why can't you be normal, kids? Or just kid. Why can't you carry a conversation, look people in the eye when you speak to them? Just, just, what, what is wrong with you? Damn. What makes a kid think that actually somebody from Japan would, you know, number one, the person who recorded the song would, I lost know, it. <laughs> speak English. Oh, yeah, that too. <laughs> well, that too, but, you know, the fact that they would not know where to buy a CD single. Number two, that they would. Julian, you're you're over analyzing. Okay, fine. <laughs> but it's funny <sighs> because seriously, they would not it's know like... where to buy one, and that way they would not know it's out of quit, out, out of quit, out of print. That, that's kind of how he types it. It's out of quit. Buy where, huh? Oh. <laughs> it's like they think they're being clever. Do they even stop to think for a second that the person on the other end is it going to realize what the hell's going on? I see, you're obsessive about this. What I want to know is if you were someone like this, can you please go to a psychiatrist and have them like mail me? Like what? What goes on in your head? Seriously, like what causes people like this to be made? I, I'm against procreation. And <laughs> for, for this very for reason. This, for this very reason. There are plenty of very normal and very nice fans out there. We've met many of them over the years. There are many on our forum. We've hung out with them at conventions. And then there's these little fucks. <laughs> like I said, I don't envy you, but you get some crazy stories, so that's kind of cool. I have more stories. We're going to save them for another day. This one, you know, I just got in that I'm Hiroki Takahashi message this morning. So I figured, straw I, that broke I, the figured I would back. share the story finally. I don't know what, what it is about you that attracts these weirdos I to you. I don't know either. <sighs> well, folks, uh, I'd like to know what's wrong with you. Please email me and tell me what is wrong with you. Please seek help. Please seek help Honestly. immediately. Or at least the ones who are asking Mike for random things he doesn't have and then attacking <laughs> him when he can't give them to you. I don't they have really the are delusional. I know. It's, it's like some kind of conspiracy theory. Against them. You really have it. Why won't you give me stuff? Bash Why won't you queer? give me, give me, give me? I deserve everything for free. You know, with that attitude, people are going to give you stuff, sure. <laughs> gimme, gimme, gimme. By the way, you're a queer. Gimme, gimme, gimme. I, I don't know. Or we're wrapping up this story because uh, I need to have a sip of something and regain my composure here. We're going to uh, warp back in time a little bit to a couple days ago when Mary and I talked about something, a topic. We talked about some DVDs, and we would like to share our thoughts with you right now. So we kind of have a couple new movies. Kind of, sort of. Sort of, kind of. We're going to talk about the recent re-release of the first three DBZ movies. These are in a box for some reason called First Strike. Huh. I wonder if they intend on releasing the rest of them in sets of three. I mean, I guess they already did Broly. They did the Broly ones. They did four, five, and six, which means they haven't done seven, nine, well, uh, 12 and 13. Right. Does that account that's for all a, the numbers? 
<laughs> it's going to be strange. a weird, weird combinations there. If they do it. Yeah. Yeah. But First Strike is kind of an odd titling, but it comes in a nice box. It does. Looks sturdy. Now, we should explain why this has to exist. It has to? I never even stopped to think about that. It kind of does. Now, the reason the Funimation has put this out is, well, the movies came out a long time ago. 1997, 1998 was when they first released these three movies, both on VHS and on DVD. And on TV. Well, that's sort of kind of true. Movie 3 originally premiered on TV during season 2 of the original syndication run. It was after episode 40-something. I don't remember the exact number. It was. I think the name of the episode was Immortality Denied. I don't know why I would remember that. All I remember about it airing was that it was near Thanksgiving. So it was around this time many, many years ago. Yeah, you're actually right. The first part played November 15th, 1997. Right. So you were dead on there. Because I remember, um, oh man, this is so weird, but I definitely remember, for whatever reason, sitting at Thanksgiving dinner at a relative's house, thinking about, oh boy, part three of movie three is going to be airing. (laughs) I was slightly wrong. It was after episode 35. It was titled Immortality Denied. Now, back then in syndication, they were playing two episodes every weekend. Those were the good old days. Those were the good old days. You know, I figure if I got to get up at 8 a.m. on a Sunday anyway, I may as well make it worth my while by watching an hour of Dragon Ball. Exactly. So that 15th of November, the second episode was the first of three parts of DBZ Movie 3. And then the next weekend, they played the other two parts of the movie. They were kind of as special episodes. Though they didn't make any kind of special deal about them being you know, parts of a movie. Right, they, they just, just kind of played them. Mm-hmm. But that TV dub was different from what came out on DVD. The TV dub featured, you know, obviously the voice cast at the time was the Ocean cast. But the music in that dub was Shuki Levy, just like in the regular TV series. And the dialogue was um, Sabanified for the time. Such great lines as pick on someone your own altitude. But with a with a surfer voice. Did Ted Cole do no, that? No, you keep asking that. Oh, maybe he did. You know what? I'm gonna feel stupid if he did. No, I'm not talking about the villain. I'm talking about the the dude yeah, he used his um what's the dude from Gundam Wing? No, you're thinking of Scott McNeil. I think Scott McNeil. Oh you're did. right, you're right, you're right, you're right. Yeah, Scott McNeil. <laughs> Ted Cole is Yamcha. Yes, I I, I, know, I know you know, know that. But. I thought Ted Cole had another, but you're right. Yeah, it was Scott McNeil's surfer dude voice. His one of his two duo voices. Maxwell voice. Duo, that's a character. Yeah, exactly. Anyways, so that movie played that way on TV. Now, when movie three came out on DVD and home video, they actually did dub and sub VHS. Was that the only time they ever did sub VHS? I really don't remember. I'm pretty sure it was. It was those three movies. The TV dub didn't come out. The DVD versions, we'll just say DVD versions, and we'll assume VHS is dead, even though it wasn't. still went on for quite some time. The home release version, we'll say, was very, very accurate. We kind of mentioned this last week a little bit. The scripts were relatively true to the original Japanese script. The music was the original Japanese score. That's the kind of dub I want. We never got that, and we never got it again until, if you count the original Dragon Ball TV series. But right, right. most people kind of forget about that. So up until this point, we've already had two versions of Movie 3. We had the TV dub version, which used Ian Corlett. And then we had the home version, which had Peter Kalamis for Goku. And now we've got another version of Movie 3 that's out, along with another version of Movies 1 and 2. Mm-hmm. This DVD back. This is interesting. This... um. Movie 1 actually came out like a year and a half ago Yeah, with their Ultimate Uncut Edition, which, as we know, has since been abandoned. Right, so they kind of just slapped that into this product. Right, it still does say the Ultimate Uncut Edition, yeah. 
Same cover. It's the exact same thing. So now we got two copies. So what is movie two exactly then? What do you mean? What is movie is two? Is that also Ultimate Uncut or is this the first? No, movies two and three do not have Ultimate Uncut Edition splattered across so them So these at all. two are new releases with this box set? Yes. I mean, new releases with quotes. Right, right. Yeah, they haven't been re-released. In a while, I guess. Yeah. It's really confusing. It is. Well, these movies, you know, the reason that we're talking about them, the reason that they've come out again... Well, it certainly has a convoluted history. <laughs> it does. Uh, as you may know, back in the late 90s, Funimation didn't really have a whole lot of cash. Now, their TV distributor was Saban, and their home release distributor was Pioneer, who is now Genion. So, Genion, we'll say Pioneer, because that's who they were, owned the sub-license for the home distribution rights. That's something we've you know, said over and over again on this podcast. Right. You know, that's what Pioneer's role Pioneer was. Pioneer did not dub the show. <laughs> yeah, when you see people online saying, oh, the Pioneer dub, no. I mean, I kind of know what they're trying to say, but... But that's, that's really, really that's, incorrect to yeah. say. I mean, with regards to the movies, it gets a little confusing because we don't know how much of a role they had in the movies production. Because these versions of the movies never played on TV. They only came out through Pioneer and they had the original music. So do we know if Pioneer threw some money at them? We don't really know. The deal is that after some length of time, Pioneer's sub-license for home distribution expired and reverted back to Funimation. So up until that point in time, and I really forget when it was, I want to say it was August 2001. It was a long-ass time ago. I'm sure I got the date wrong. But we can just say up until a certain point, Pioneer still had the rights to release these on a home format. Once that expired, Funimation got it back again. So if the rights expire from Pioneer, that means they're not in production anymore. Right. And obviously Funimation wants to get them back out there because, you know, years later they'll still sell. Mm -hmm. The stuff, I mean, Amazon still carries everything, especially with online retailers these days. Everything still stays in stock, stays in production. People want to buy it years later. So now Funimation's got the rights again, and they're putting out the series on their own. Saban doesn't really exist in their relationship anymore. Pioneer isn't part of it anymore. They're, they're really doing everything on their own. So they're just continuing on with the movies. They started with four on their own and went from there. You know, they did the rest of Z. They did all of Dragon Ball, did all of Dragon Ball GT. And then came that whole, we're going to go back and redub seasons one and two. Well, included in that is the first three movies. Pioneer sub-license was the first two seasons of DBZ, which is kind of episodes one through, we'll say, 68. And that was cut down to 53 episodes in the original dub. And then also these three movies. None of that's in production anymore. Funimation's going to redub it. Um, back then, you know, they were even talking about consistency. I remember the whole thing was the voices you love. <laughs> it's like, um, actually, no. <laughs> that was their deal back then. Now they're making a big deal of consistency again. It's so funny. Right. It's uh, like they kind of abandoned that project. So isn't that being inconsistent? It's really strange. Their attempt to be consistent failed? No, it didn't fail. This is bizarre. I, I like to say that, well... Things came up. It wasn't consistent enough. No. So they decided to start over only better. Now, like we were saying, this movie one is the same Ultimate Uncut Special Edition version that came and out I'm, a year and a half ago. Okay, I was going to say, did we talk about that in a podcast? No, that was um, actually before we started the podcast. Okay, I think you did a feature maybe on it on your site. I, don't I did a feature about the Ultimate Uncut Editions when the first um, three episodes came out on DVD. Oh, okay. We did like comparison images and movie one came out, you know, interspersed with those discs. But then movies two and three were kind of, you know, nowhere on Funimation's schedule. 
And for months, people were going, uh, when is two and three going to come out? We'd like to actually buy them again. So they finally come out a year and a half after they began the, you know, ultimate uncut edition. Um, interesting releases. I like that they have Steve Simmons subtitles. We had Steve on the show for a one year anniversary podcast, and we talked a little bit about how he translates and what goes on with the show. We should say that the original joint Funimation Pioneer release, those translations were not done by Steve. That was before his time. So we're getting a little bit of consistency here with, you know, the same person's translations. I love his spellings. Fans of Daisenshu EX will feel right at home with a couple spellings of a couple major villains in movies two and three. We have Dr. Uiro and we have Tales. That was fun to see on the screen. It rather threw me for a loop because I'm used to like the poorly translated <laughs> names from like my fan subs back in the day. Right. So You're even used though, to Taurus. Exactly. Like even though I know those names are wrong and it completely ignores the puns <laughs> that they're supposed to it's, be, it's strange I to expect see, isn't to see it? those wrong names, I guess. I, I should say that when we watch these movies, it really takes us back to, you know, 1996, 1997, that early part of our fandom. Because that's when we saw the movies for the first time. Not me. When did you see these movies? Did you not see these three until later? No, earlier. Oh, you saw them earlier? Yeah. So you t- get taken back even earlier to your Right, fandom. it was... Actually, no, you know what? You're probably right. For me, it was probably, if not late 95, probably close to definitely 96 thing because i know when i first started getting into the japanese version of dbz the first thing i snatched up at the flea market was movies one and two okay that was probably like the second or third thing i got there actually but um you know what i'm having a hard time placing my age at that point so i'm guessing sophomore in high school we'll say it was over 10 years ago yeah oh geez yeah we're we're getting old Watching you know, I get more. reminded of that every episode of this podcast. <laughs> Let's stop that. Okay. Now, we're not going to really talk about the content of the movies because we actually did a whole podcast episode about uh, what we like and dislike about every movie. So if you're interested in that, go check the archives out. That's what I like about the show. So we try to make a lot of timeless episodes where you can just check out any topic from whenever you want. So go check that out. What we're going to talk about is how Funimation has presented these movies, little things here and there. And, uh, yeah, I'm actually gonna talk a little bit about the dubs on these, because I kind of spot-check them. I should say, we just watched Movie 2, in its entirety in Japanese, and then we spot-checked a little bit of the dub. A couple days ago, we watched uh, movie three. pretty much all of Movie 3 in Japanese, spot-checked that dub. Movie 1, we recently watched the Dragon Box version of, right. so we didn't watch this one. And I watched this release, you know, a year and a half ago in mm-hmm. Japanese. I tried watching parts of that dub, but it was just too horrendous to my poor little memory to continue trying to do so. So uh, I can't really say much about that dub. So let's ignore movie one. Okay. We did movie three the other day. You know, I I like the movie. It's good. One thing I noticed, especially in movie three, was that the colors on these releases don't seem as overly saturated as the rest of Funimation's releases. Like Goku wasn't blinding me with his orange gi. I'm not sure if that's just no, the movies just look yeah, that way. Yeah, the they movies just clean up better. They don't take as much work. Funimation mm-hmm. didn't have to overdo it, but that's kind of what I noticed. Right. And again, movie three's audio, just like the original release, movie three's audio just feels really tinny to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, the Dragon Box sounds really nice. Yeah. <laughs> but I, I don't know what it is about this one. Just uh, doesn't sound very full. I remember at one point it really hurt my ears. Yeah. Can you hold up the cover for me? I can. This will make great radio. Well, I'm just wanna. Oh, oh, okay. That's, yeah, it's, that's it's right. It's, it's a sexy picture. Goku shot. Um, normally, I'd say that's an ugly, boring ass cover, but because that's it's sexy Goku, it's appealing to the female in me. I should say that the covers are done 
in the Ultimate Uncut Edition style. Yeah, but I don't like... I mean, I do like them, but they're far too dark. Yeah. They don't have the red like the Ultimate Uncut did. They have the blue that the later Ultimate Uncuts were using. I don't know. It's kind of strange. How do you feel this compares to the original Movie 3 I cover? I like the movie, the old Movie 3 cover. Yeah, that one I think was it was awesome. nice and simple. I mean, that too was very dark. Yes. Um, But I guess I like how it was off-centered. It felt like a movie cover. Yeah, it felt like appearing in theaters. It felt right special. Movie three. Yeah, it really, it really seemed like a theatrical poster. Right, and this looks more like just you yeah, know, a fun here's a composite DVD. of yeah. some characters. I actually know where all of these shots came from. Um, the Goku in the middle is the scene. Six Goku with the white background. He throws a Genki Dama. The Piccolo is when he rushes forwards towards Tadas, and I actually don't know what that Tadas one is. I think it's when he throws his blast Let down to Genki Dama. Oh, okay, I don't know. <laughs> <laughs> So uh, what the, you know, all of Funimation's covers, what they do is pretty much take some screenshots and retrace them in Illustrator. That's why it looks a little nicer than a typical screenshot would. Movie 2 cover? I, I, we're talking about covers. Might as well get to it. Don't care so much for this one. The shot of Goku is uh, when he first arrives, Dr. Wiro's, I guess, castle lab place. Lair. He's just in the sky and he's looking down. So in this picture, he's looking down. Let me see that one. It's kind of... Strange. You know what? I didn't like the original Pioneer cover either. I didn't either. I thought that one was awful. I thought, yeah, that was probably the worst out of all of them. Yeah. You know, even for... We should say, movie one used the original Japanese cover. Mm -hmm. Movie two was like some really... I don't want to say it was CG, but it looked kind of 3D-ish, and there was lots of black space. It was really bizarre. Yeah, it was weird. And movie three was gorgeous. Yeah. Um, We did spot check movie three in the dub a little bit. I gotta say... What happened to acting? I almost liked uh, Turles, Talos's voice in the dub. I just feel like he wasn't acting. He was just kind of talking. There wasn't anything to it. Well, it's Dragon Ball. You don't need to act in Dragon Ball. That's true. Funimation does think this. And, of course, then we flip over the Japanese. And, Mary, you have this problem where you're very thoroughly attracted (laughs) to Talos, who's just a Tangoku. And it's still Masako Nozawa, but she sounds so damn manly sexy. Right, she just plays him a lot more deeper than Goku, and, you know, I don't, how do you pronounce him? Talus. 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 Whatever. The T-Man is, um, he's, he doesn't have a hick accent. No. So it just sounds a bit more refined yeah, and definitely. deeper. Yeah, definitely. Refined like, is a good way. I totally forget that it's a woman, even though, you know, it's yeah. still kind of high, I don't want to say high-pitched, mm-hmm. but definitely, it, it's, it's no man, right. obviously. I'm going to throw in a, a voice slip here, because this is the one that always gets me. He's just got that shit-eating grin on his face as he says it. Do you know what scene I'm talking about? where he's like... Oi, oi, yeah, oi. Yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> so let me play this here, and uh, you dub fans get a taste of uh, this kind of acting. Oi, oi. <laughs> Love that so much. So good. He's so, or she <laughs> plays it so tauntingly. I love it. Yeah. Uh, something I noticed spot checking the movie three dub and then again in the movie two dub, you know, Funimation's always made this big deal, especially in the movies when they would put in, you know, they're real American rock bands like Disturbed and Pantera, blah, blah, blah. What did they do in these movies? It's like this ambient, misty, airy, completely out of place nonsense. I I just don't get it. It's not Bruce Faulkner. It's not Mark Menza, as far as I know. I don't really know what it is and why it's there, but it seems like they just slap some shit together. Like, yeah, here's movies two and three. There now, you I, go. I didn't watch the movie one dub because... 
it, it makes was, you cry. It makes me cry. But so I don't know what the music was like back then during the ultimate uncut. Aziz aren't they're not ultimate uncut. They're not, you know, the seasons one and two free dub. They're not the later stuff. It's like these out of time dubs that they just made, just to slap them out there. And what the hell is going on with the pronunciations? They were really inconsistent. Fucking mind. Jesus Christ. Why is it back to Kamehameha? I mean, I, I'm not a dub watcher, so I don't know if it ended up getting fixed and then came back and then went back. I don't, I don't know what was going on. For the longest time, the original seasons one and two dubs, it was Kamehameha Wave, which is really redundant in and of itself, but we'll just stick with the pronunciation. And then towards the end of the season two dub, it turned back into properly Kamehameha. And in these original releases, 97, 98, even Kaioken was pronounced correctly. Mm-hmm. I think back in like our second or third episode, we actually played um, sound samples from all these uh, pronunciations and movies and stuff. And yeah, Funimation's back to Kamehameha and Kaioken. And uh, yeah, that's wrong. And it was really obnoxious. Yeah. So that kind of hurt me. I mean, not that I expect them to know no. how to pronounce Japanese syllables, but after all these years, couldn't at least a director be like, um, hey, let, let's try and put a little effort into how this sounds. It's strange to me because when they say it fast, they say it properly. They say Kamehameha. Mm-hmm. But like when they're doing an actual attack, they'll say Kamehameha. But when they're kind of talking to each other in a narrative sense, they'll be like, right. let's do the Kamehameha. They emphasize that may and kind of slur all the syllables into each other. And that's wrong. I want to do an episode all about these kind of pronunciations. Hey, that's a good stuff. idea. Write that down. Uh, I'm writing it in my head. Gotcha. We'll get back to that. The, uh, the evolution of the Kamehameha. Actually, I just answered a question about this on the forum. And I, as I was writing it up, I said to myself, this would be a lot easier if I spoke it. Because then it would make more sense if I did that. So check that out somewhere. That's on your forum? Yeah, it's on my forum. Which, which, uh... I don't know, I'll put a link section. to it. Was it general? I think or... it was questions. Okay. Anything else we can say about these? The bitrate's a little nicer than those original oh, yeah. releases. Because yeah, those are like first-generation anime right. DVDs. There wasn't any rainbows or anything. I definitely remember the Pioneer ones, I think, were yeah. pretty rainbowy. It's just grainy and low bitrate. These are nice. Yeah, they, I mean, they look as nice as they're going to get from these masters. It'll be interesting. Funimation hasn't really said with this so-called remastered DBZ coming out. They've kind of said the entire TV series. Do we know if they're going to do the movies, too? And if so, did I waste $20 on these? Well... I knew from the start you were wasting $20. But it was only $20. Still $20. You could have taken me out to dinner with 20 bucks, Because I'm a cheap date. That's true. But instead, we cooked tortellini soup and watched movie too. Mmm. I burned my tongue on that dinner. We're not here to talk about dinner. All right. So movie two. We didn't talk much about movie two, did we? No. It, we're not going to talk too much about the content. I mean... Well, it just seemed like we kind of talked about movie three. Well, what do you want to say about movie two? Well, when you kind of touched upon it was uh, Steve's spellings of the villain names were different from the original releases. Oh, yeah. The original releases were, they weren't dub titles, but they used dub names. Like Dr. Willow. Dr. Yeah. W-H-E-E-L-O. Oh, Willow. Yeah. Well, that's the thing. They spell it as Willow, but they say Willow, which is strange. Mm -hmm. And then, you know, those names, they would spell out Krillin instead of Kududin. Those are spelled properly in this. On the Japanese side of things. So it's just nice having it, you know, correct to watch if you want to watch it. I think you pretty much covered it. Yeah. The selling point for this is really the price. It's $20, really, for three movies. That's pretty 
Yeah, that's amazing. And even if you already bought Dead Zone a year and a half ago, when yeah, you're getting movie two and three, which you right, know, it's ten bucks a movie. They haven't seen the line of day in the longest time. So. Right. You know, as a fan from the mid '90s, I have absolutely no interest in watching these dubs. I have the original releases for those dubs. Those will always have a place in my heart. Just so because these, they're so perfectly executed, because it's, it's exactly it, yeah. what fans like us want to see, which is a decent dub with the original music and a very faithful dub script. Yeah. I mean, it had its things that were... Uh, kind of Americanized, maybe. but for the most part, like some of the lines are exactly translated. Right. Like Gohan's like explosion movie 2. Oh, let's talk about that, because you and I are... Um, fans of Saffron Henderson. Yeah. And we were saying, I don't dislike Stephanie Natalie's voice. I think that's her name. But like we were saying with all the Funimation actors, I don't want to say that she wasn't acting. She was acting. Mm -hmm. But everyone sounds so fucking forced. Just like, uh, trying to get it out there. Like they're trying to vomit and act at the same time. And it just, it doesn't do it for me. And Stephanie, um, no. And Saffron, Saffron Henderson's was just, like, she just lets it loose. Like, she doesn't sound like she's forcing it at all. She no. just sounds like she's going crazy in the booth. I mean, it probably helps that her voice kind of sounds like that anyway. Well, that's the thing. These people aren't acting. They're doing voices. And that's kind True. of, that's, I don't want to sound like totally anti-Funimation dub because other dubs they've done have been really good. Right. And that's when they're acting and not doing voices. Right. Like, the Desert Punk dub was phenomenal. <laughs> they just went crazy with that dub. I mean, it helped. I thought the show could... sucked, though. The show sucked, yeah. But, it, you know, the dub <laughs> the dub was hilarious. Okay. But, I mean, thanks in part to the writing. Well, didn't they rewrite Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. That was all Eric so Bale. So that was another butcherization, but it actually... Yes, but it, it had a good worked. turnout. It made it better than the original Japanese version. <laughs> I, my apologies to Steve if he translated that show. I can't remember if it was him or Clyde. I don't remember. But, we're, I mean, this show just wasn't that good. No, it was just, you know, a, a C-list that's Gonzo a, show. That's not a translation problem. That's just a Gonzo problem. Right. That their shows suck. No, 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 no. <laughs> you see, the problem with Gonzo is that they had their very good shows, and they're okay shows, and they have, like, the shows they don't really put much effort into. Gotcha. So my ranking would be like Gonkutsuwo on the A list. Oh, Ka- that's true. Kaleido Star on the B list. And then Sunobozu on the C list. <laughs> this concludes our episode of the Gonzo podcast. <laughs> what else can we say about these? We were saying that, you know, for fans of our age, these are really irrelevant. Unless you finally want to watch a good version in Japanese with Steve subs. And that's why I picked them up, you know? Mm-hmm. Plus 20 bucks. Yeah, 20 bucks. Anything else? I think we summed it up. I like the box. Yeah, the box is all right. We should say that the DVDs are not thin packs. They're oh, the full-size right, right, ones. Right. It's kind of weird because the Broly set was thin pack. Maybe they just wanted to maintain consistency with the release of movie one rather oh. than repackage that. Maybe they're just like, well, we have all these extras that, lying around. That's true. That's true. I mean, I assume maybe they have extras lying around, so it's just like, slap them in a box. Yeah, just a template. They can be like, yeah, it's, it's done. So they, Oh, it come, the cardboard box. I like the box. Um, it looks really cardboard. sturdy, and it's really shiny. Yeah. It's very glossy. Decent box. It's not going to fall apart in your hands like some other box sets I got that aren't anime-related, but they're very cheap and flimsy. And is it the uh, quintessential American shoujo? Yes. 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 You got it. Yes. I'm smart. It is an American shoujo. It's ahead of its time. I know. But we're not talking about that either. We I'm should. I'm sure you would love to. I could talk about it. I would say, I got my eye on you because it's only me and the music. Okay. Oh, you're my boyfriend and you're <laughs> awesome for paying attention to this shit. Because I, I hear it all the 
fucking time. I don't play it all, all right. the time. Dragon Ball Z First Strike movie box set, $20. Who should buy this? Fans who want to see it properly in Japanese? Yeah, people who want movies two and three who might not have it on DVD. Right. What do you think for dub fans? I mean, I'm not a Funimation dub fan, so I don't know if I can well, say these are if recent, they'll like right? it or not. Yeah. Movies, well, if if you like what they've been doing lately, then movies two and three are probably up your alley. I think even dub fans will get annoyed with the music in these, though. Because it's well, not I don't know what if they like the to. music or not. I don't listen to dub fans. <laughs> <laughs> it's not what they're used to, so maybe they'll have a problem with it. What this comes down to is that if you watch the Japanese version, you always have consistency. Pretty much. In fact, it's disgusting all the... I mean, we've had this discussion before. we got the Dragon Box. We've got individual movie releases. Oh, we should say how many times I've purchased movie one. I think you've said that before, but go on ahead. I said it on the website. So we'll start with fansub. That, that's kind of a purchase. We'll consider me obtaining the movie. Mm-hmm. Funimation's dub VHS, Funimation's sub VHS, original 1997 Pioneer Funimation DVD release, the Ultimate Uncut Edition from a year and a half ago, the Dragon Box, and now this Ultimate Uncut Edition one again in the box. So that is seven times I have purchased DBZ Movie 1. Those tapes, though, I don't know where they are. What, my uh, Funimation VHS? Right, because I had that too, actually. I had the dub. I remember that was like the awesomest Christmas because I specifically wanted Movie 1 dubbed for <laughs> whatever reason. I went I to get so it. I was so thrilled to have it. I went to get it subtitled at the store. Mm-hmm. I remember I was so excited because it just came out and I was going to go get it at the store. I was like, yes, an official subtitle release. People don't understand how exciting this was for us. 10 years ago. So I went down to the store. All they had was the dub version. I was holding it in my hands. I was debating. I was like, do I get it? And then when I popped it in, Chi-Chi said, what the hell do you want? I said, I win. (laughs) I remember when I first popped that tape in, I think it was Christmas. And I got it for Christmas. We were at a relative's house. And I'm like, I have to watch this now. So I ran into one of my cousin's rooms. And I popped it in the VCR. And I got to that part with Chi-Chi. Yeah. And, you know, same as me. He was like, holy crap! (laughs) What did she just say? So, yeah, that was a pretty freaking awesome dub purchase back then. No, enough of our. Yeah, you know what? I I can't say bad things about Dubbies because I was one too. That, that's that's kind of true. We all start somewhere. We do, except some people move on. Yeah, I guess is that the lesson. Um, the lesson is watch what you like, and you should like the Japanese. <laughs> <laughs> um, Peter Kalamis sucked. I like Shemmel better than him, but he's not in Corlette. I don't know what that has to do with anything. I just wanted to put that out there. And this topic has gone on long enough. So if you want these, it's like 20 bucks down at the store. Go grab it. And the movie one original release came in a clamshell case on DHS. I remember that. I know. It was cool. Yeah. And the original releases of these on DVD didn't come in typical um, cases. They came in those big cardboard yeah, boxes. Yeah, 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 yeah. In the, the CD sleeve? jewel case inside. Oh. Yeah. Oh, you know what? You're right. I was thinking of something else. My dead zone. Spinning, spinning, spinning. This stupid thing. Yes, yes. The cardboard box and then the CD inside. Yeah. Like, what the hell? CD case on the inside of a DVD box. This is like 10 years old now. Yeah, that was one of the first anime DVD releases. That's not true. It's nine years old because it came out at uh, the end of 97. I love that cover because it's the original cover. Yeah. It's snappy. Okay. We're going to finish this up. Okay. Um, and now we're going to bring Julian back in magically because it is time for DBZ ABCs. Julian Sensei? Yes, my son. Can you please teach me about the letter Y? Oh, yes. So the letter Y for this week is going to be discussing a character that's near and dear to all of our hearts. And that is Yajirobe. Yay. Yay. I thought you were going to say Yakon. Me too. (laughs) (laughs) 
So, Yajidobe first appears in the Piccolo arc of Dragon Ball, and it seems like the majority of what Toriyama was going for is this generally kind of a little bit of a Japanese aesthetic. You know, he's got a katana, he's... I don't know, it's almost like he's kind of a hick in a lot of ways, like Goku, but... Is he like a hick samurai? So. In, in, I don't know if you'd call him a samurai, but he's like this hick kind of swordsman who's really strong and eats whatever he finds. Right. And he... He talks like a hick, but not the same kind of hick as Goku. Right. So in a way, it's like outdoing Goku with what Goku does best. I <laughs> Which guess is he's being a hick and eating. <laughs> yeah. I mean, over time, Goku obviously, you know, gets better than him. But <laughs> at that moment, they're pretty even. And so it's, it's, I think that's probably what Toriyama was going for when he was first introduced. You know what? Let's make someone who's just a little more crude than Goku is and have them fight. Right. <clears throat> but then again, he becomes, I don't know, for a while at least, he becomes more of a useful character. He gets Goku back to where he can be healed after he's defeated Dignity. Mm -hmm. and, you know, helps out with Senzu stuff for a while. He plays a um, decent enough role in the Saiyajin arc. Yeah. He's and there. he cuts off Vegeta's tail. Right. But, you know, he kind of just devolves into comedy for, in right. practically never mentioned after a certain point. You know, yeah. he's there from time to time. And at the end of the series, he has a mustache. <laughs> really weird. Classy. Well, there's no razors but, up on Karin's place. <laughs> well, I guess if you're a cat, you don't need to shave, right? Right. He just kind of, uh, yeah. Hairballs. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Ugh. Anyway. Um, but yeah, he does live up with Karin eventually. But it's just really, I don't know, he's such a quirky character that it's its fun to see his evolution. Yeah. So that's the story and I'm sticking to it. I like this story. It's a good story. It is the story of Yajirobe. Mary? Yo! Are you ready? I'm ready to rock. You're not talking about Yajirobe, but that's okay. No, but I talked about him before in passing. That's true. He's been in some of your top five lists. Mary, your top five list this week is something you like to call the top five children. That's right. It's a little bit broad. Why would someone be a top five children, children? child? Um, well, <laughs> you have to appear more than once. Okay. You have to make some sort of impact on the series. You have to be memorable and fun. Okay. Let's get into it. Your number five child. Okay, number five is probably the cutest child on the list. I agree. And the reason why he's not higher up on the list is because he doesn't really evolve much as a character. But no. he is a quintessential cute, naive kid who, who likes to eat. That's Goten. Yeah. He, he's very cute. He's extremely cute. Well. I picture Goten, I picture that scene where he like puts a fist up in the air and he's just like, Oh, yeah. he's so cute. He's adorable. Um, he gets into mischief. He does. And he fights well for a little whippersnapper, a little for whippersnapper. a little seven-year-old. Yeah. Um, and then he becomes a teenager with bad hair. And he's a pimp. And he's a pimp. <laughs> All right. I don't know how you go from adorable to pimp. It's weird. Well, you know, that family, you don't know what's going on there. Number four? Number four is um, from Dragon Ball. Yes. That would be Kuditin. Yeah. Hey, you did it really well. Yeah, sorry. I mean... Thank you. <laughs> you know, I was expecting to be insulted there, so my first inclination is to go hey. Anywho. I love him as a kid. He's hilarious in a different way from Goten in that he's raunchy. <laughs> he has a nice rivalry going on with Goku. His introduction in the series is with porn. Right. It doesn't get much better than that. That's a damn good child introductory scene. Yeah. Uh, well, I guess he's not really a child at this point. I'll just say young adults, people that aren't adults. 
That's true. Is kind of what this list is. Because uh, teenagers in Dragon Ball look like they're, they're about five. four years old. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so here you have a young... Ah, fucked up. Hey. Kudidin. Kudidin. He's You say it better than I do. Yeah, I know. He's He's got such a nice attitude to him. He's mm-hmm. snarky and... He's a very different character from what we've seen at that point so far in uh, Dragon Ball. But it makes sense to see his evolution. Yeah. Because he starts getting outclassed and... He actually starts feeling more humble about things, mm-hmm. and finally he realizes, like, ah, I don't want to fight Piccolo. Well, this sucks. Yeah, he definitely <laughs> mellows out at some point. You know, he's a lot less selfish. Uh, he definitely grows as a character, and he's there for, you know, the entire series. So that's something to be said, you yeah, know. He he's not poor Yajiro, but he gets <laughs> ignored and abandoned. That's true. So he's a good um, sidekick character. Word. Number three. Number three is the epitome of... Mischief in my eyes. Okay. Early on in the Dragon Ball Z stuff. That's uh, Chibi Trunks. Yay! And the reason why he's on here is because he's such a stark contrast to the original Trunks that we see. Right. If you're a young kid, Trunks would also be equally as polite and well-behaved. But having not. having grown up, you know, in a world that's not destroyed, he can have, you know, anything he wants. So the result is a, a spoiled brat. <laughs> very, very spoiled. <laughs> and again, it's another interesting dynamic is this little spoiled rich boy who is a smart ass <laughs> and this stupid poor kid that's his best friend <laughs> they are such a comedy duo they that are. is the odd couple you know what i scene i really love with these two and it's actually from movie movie 11 when trunks is trying to explain uh, biotechnology to goten mm-hmm. <laughs> ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。ごめん。
great. Well, that takes us to the number one child from the entire <laughs> series. It would be a crime not to put this character at number one. It, that, it would. That would be Goku himself. Yeah. He's, he's the kid, you know? He, All of Dragon Ball is about him. Stupid smile on his face, short pudgy arms stretched out, running, going, ha ha ha! He's Goku. You know, constant casual nudity. Exactly. Stuffing his face. The naivete. Yeah. He's just a whole barrel of laughs. He kid. is. He's fantastic. He is mm-hmm. the show. He is the series. Mm-hmm. And it's a shame that American fans couldn't be introduced to him sooner as yeah. this. Because I really think you miss out on a lot. And we missed out on some. I mean, we were able to go back and, and see it all. But I think you do miss out not starting at that point. And really evolving along with the character. Mm-hmm. Now, um, it's interesting because I don't think Koku has much child development, for lack of a better phrase, no. as Gohan. No. But we do get to see him grow up, and it is the first instance of that in the series, I guess, alongside with Kuririn. Kuririn? I fucked up, the, you know, the, I, I devolved. <laughs> <laughs> the focus on his growing up is more so than other characters surrounding him. Mm-hmm. I mean, the time that he is a kid is very memorable and fun and... Light-hearted. And we do have that sudden height shift at the yeah. 23rd Tenka each It's like, oh, puberty, all right. <laughs> Finally hit that. Ah, so those are your top five children. Yes. Good stuff. It was an easy list. It I was liked an it. easy list. <laughs> you know what it's time for now? What is Ooh. that? It's time for releases. Ah. Well, uh, November's pretty much over. Jump Ultimate Stars just came out this past week. Haven't gotten mine yet, but I'm expecting it soon. So we're going to kind of touch on December a little bit here. And we're going to start it off with December 6th. Mary, what's out on December 6th? December the 6th. I was trying to make fun of a... I typed it properly. No, no, no. I was making a bad reference to that. I know. To that Daisenshu. 23rd. 23rd. There you go. I was trying to think of how to do 6 with an RD. (laughs) It doesn't really work. How about ND? 26th. Oh, yeah. that, That was... That rolls off the tongue a lot better. Well, how about what actually occurs on the 6th? Okay, anyway, that would be um, some DVDs, mm. Japanese DVDs to be precise. That's uh, the individual Dragon Box, Dragon Ball Z volumes, consisting of numbers 40, 41, and 42, and they contain episodes 232 through 249. So we are getting pretty much to the end here. We're getting into the, the meat of the Boo stuff uh-huh. going on here. And they are 3990 a pop. Mm-hmm. It's around $35, $36. And you know the drill by now. Uh, remastered, progressive, uh, no subtitles. Not widescreen. Not widescreen, proper full screen, etc. cetera. Uh, we kind of go in and out with what we talk about um, outside of Japan in the U.S. And we figure we bring this in. Julian, what's going on on December 13th? <clears throat> on December 13th, we have the Spanish release of Dragon Ball Z Volumes 6 and 7, La Saga de Frieza. And Sexy. this will have uh, volume er, episodes 41 to 48 and 49 to 56. They'll be uh, 24.95 euros each. And you can find more information on sonadbd.com. It looks like all the same uh, languages and extras as before. The same, like, couple video game openings. But, uh, you know, the languages are always a plus. Good stuff. We enjoy these. I still haven't picked any of these up, but I'd like to get one eventually. So I can have the raddest episodes for the billionth time. <laughs> and uh, that's pretty much all we're going to go into right now. There's one or two other things coming out towards the end of December. But uh, we'll hold off on those until we're actually in December. So now it's time for emails. 
Well, our first email here comes from, I don't know how I'm going to pronounce this, On-E? It's not Oni. Uh, we'll say On-E. And this individual says, Hello again, guys. Congrats on the full year of podcasts. Well, thank you. We appreciate it. Listening to Daniel's interview reminded me of back when I was a naive middle school student in the late 90s, just finding out how much Funimation altered the series sparking my long-lasting hatred of Funimation thanks to Chris Saros, and getting my fix of Japanese DBZ off of clips from sites like Ginga Giri Giri and the old Daisenshu EX. Anyway, I'm curious to hear your guys' account on the wild, wacky history of the Dragon Ball Z web community. The elite websites that were the place to be in the Dragon Ball Intar web back in the day. The elite webmasters that everyone worshipped and idolized. And all the good times and chaos that occurred when the community was in its prime. Worshipped and idolized? Uh... Well, I you thought know, people hated you. You get that Makifushiki kid, and you never know what's going on in people's heads. <laughs> oh, well. Now, we should say that I have been running a site since 1998, so is Mary. Uh, we consider ourselves second generation. Not that there's anything, you know, no. in stone in terms of defining generations, but we certainly weren't the first no. by any stretch of the imagination. There's kind of like a group before us, and then we came in. It was kind of like us and SRE and Ramza. And a little later on came Caster and Planet Namek and a bunch of other sites. So the heyday of DBZ on the web really was kind of like 1999-2000. Yeah, absolutely. Believe it or not, you know, this was the Cell game airing on Cartoon Network, really. It was when the series was at its peak. That's mm-hmm. when I got into the series. Yeah, kind of going into 2001 a little right. bit, too. Yeah, I think the Cell stuff was more 2000-2001, but right. the site seemed pretty popular in 1999-2000. Yeah. Now, what we really want to say with this is we don't want to get into too much detail because it would kind of be boring just talking about, you know, eight nine years ago. Plus, I don't remember stuff. Yeah, we don't remember. So I'm not very lot. accurate. Like I said, we started the sites in 1998. It's been a long time. Um, it was certainly more active back then than it was right. now. That could also just be that I don't venture out too far from my own site anymore. I really don't hang around on other sites. I wasn't too big hanging around on other sites back then either, but it seems like everyone was everywhere. It's really hard to describe. Mm-hmm. What I can say now is... I like the show again, and most people grew up. Yeah, from that time. And a lot of people from back then, we currently keep in touch, which is nice. I should say that most of us have either graduated college or are very close to graduating college. Uh, Castor and us have been you know, trading me's back and forth. Oh, man, it's been great. Roms oh, no. is in school. I talk to him every once in a while. We're big on uh, talking about music and stuff. Uh, Skits, I'm back in touch with him. We're talking about music, and uh, he's doing... A little, he's doing uh, insane stuff. He's doing, an, oh, he's so fucking talented. I hate him. He's doing <laughs> the auction on uh, December tenth. We'll talk about that a little later. So, I mean, honestly, we're we're all still kind of in touch, and mm-hmm. it's really fun. We hang out with caster conventions when we get a chance. Mm-hmm. The difference is that we're all adults now, as opposed to making these sites when we were teenagers and they were raging hormones and right. You know, we didn't really know what we were doing Drama. back then. We're not fifteen, sixteen anymore. Right, and I think the big part of this is also the series is far past its prime, so I don't think there is so much a web community, quote unquote, like there used to be. I'm really sick of whining about Funimation. I mean, I started that fucking fan club. I am <laughs> done with that. It's, I mean, I'm not totally done with that. I well, still, I was going to say, we still do it on the show. <laughs> I still like to make fun of them when they do stupid things, 
But, I mean, I'm not sitting there writing, you know, 40-page editorials about how I don't like John Bergmeier's Tenshinhan voice, you know? Like, it doesn't affect me, really. And it's not like we're, we're stupid enough to be like, I boycott everything Funimation puts out. Like, no. that's just stupid. It is. Most of what I watch is put out by them, actually. <laughs> <laughs> so, what we really want to say is, is that that was a long time ago. A lot of us are friends, and we talk about how funny it was and how we don't remember anything from back then. <laughs> And uh, we just enjoy stuff now. Mm-hmm. We have our other interests, which is which is fun. That's too. true. It, it helped to move on and do other things in mm-hmm. addition to just running the sites. Uh-huh. Find common interests. Like me, I love connecting with people on music, and uh, that's been fun with a couple of these people. So there you have it. We're smiling now, <laughs> and that's different than it was ten years ago. Almost so. ten years ago. Well, yeah. Well, we smiled at the beginning. And, and then we frowned. And then we started frowning, and then I fell asleep. And that, oh yeah, Mike had to go away for a year because it was so intense. It was, I, we don't deal with anyone's bullshit histrionics anymore. That's a good thing. <laughs> Which is great. So my hat is tipped to everyone. Let's continue having fun. And let's move on to the next email, shall we? Okie dokie. Okay. So this email comes to us from Andrew. Probably not Andrew Deluxe, but uh, <laughs> anyway. <clears throat> hey guys, first, I love your podcasts. You guys make good points. Anyway, I was listening to episode number 25 yesterday, and y'all were talking about technology. You guys were talking about capsules and if people could go in them, and I thought about if people could fit in capsules, why not put the villains in them? I mean, it would make a hell of a lot easier. And that struck me as a good question. Gotta catch them all. <laughs> oh, man. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that would be really cute, like a Dragon Ball Pokemon crossover. Perfect um, cell. I choose, I choose you. you. <laughs> Well, the show would be a lot shorter if you just capture them in capsules. Cell, tail attack, go! <laughs> Bark attack. Oh, no. Oh. Now, Julian, we did actually catch a villain in some kind of container kind of early on in the series, and it was readdressed oh, yes. during a Budokai. Tell us a little bit about the rice cooker. Oh, yes. So this is the rice cooker with the little ofuda on it that said Daimao Fuji, or Demon Seal, or Demon King Seal. And that was used to trap King Piccolo, or Demon King Piccolo, I should say. Right. Uh, I've been affected by dumb terminology. <laughs> uh, um, when he was rampaging out of control. And so, this was used several times, to- well, once, really. They by tried the a master couple of, times. <laughs> yeah, Kamesennin and Tsurizennin, the Mutaito person. And then later on, uh, Tenshinhan tried to use it, but Missed. He ended up cracking the <laughs> rice cooker, and uh, Piccolo came right back out. Right. Then the last time, um, Kamisama tried to use it on Piccolo the Younger, right, and got it reversed on him, and he got stuck in a bottle instead <laughs> of the rice cooker. And, and then he this swallowed is, it. <laughs> I, I would differentiate this from the capsules because unlike right. the capsules, the, this is meant to be sort of this magical sort of demon right. seal, whereas the capsules are supposed to be like convenient technology. Yeah. Um, and my inclination is to think that if you put a person in a capsule, they would probably die. <laughs> um, well, wouldn't that be great for the villains? They would cease to exist. Well, yeah, I, I guess. See, here's you what I'm going to say. In Pokemon, if you capture them and they're still too strong or don't want to be in there, they just come right back out. I don't think Frieza is going to take kindly to be, you know, captured in a capsule. I mean, you do see people put in something that is, you know, taken out of a capsule, and, and particularly the bodies of Kamisennin. Chaozu oh, God, and Kuririn yeah. during the Piccolo arc. But you don't know if those capsules are then, you know, shrunk back down or not. Right, right. I think they just kind of pick them up yeah. and store well, them in a refrigerator somewhere. 
That's my guess. Well, I think they store them in the closet. I, it, it looks like they have refrigeration built in. Bulma, what's this in your closet? Oh, that's my old boyfriend. <laughs> He's on oh, ice. No. He's not doing too well right now. Oh, so yeah, we're going to say uh, Mary next email. <laughs> I like this response. <laughs> All right. Okay, this email is from Tom M. from the UK. He says, Hi guys, probably just missed something here, so I'm most likely going to sound stupid. But how come Frieza and Cell and Dombra were allowed to keep their bodies in the afterlife, even though only people who have devoted their life to saving others and have a pure heart are allowed this, like Goku? Well, this is, as we conveniently like to answer, oh, that's just filler. Yep. I guess. Uh, yep. The real rule is that uh, Enma, Dayo, and uh, assorted gods uh, kind of have this rule where if they want to let you keep your body and kind of stick around in the afterlife, usually to train and fight in their tournaments, um, th- they'll let you. Most people are reduced to that little cloud thing and they have their soul cleansed and they're not really themselves anymore. But for the sake of being more interesting in the TV series... And to- comedy. And comedy. Oh, I love Dabra's. A ghost. Uh, to pad things out and show what's going on when everyone's fighting, they kind of let people keep their bodies. And it's interesting because uh, Bulma and Chi-Chi and even Dabra, they have like a little cloud bottom. Maybe that's because they're up in heaven, as opposed to Frieza and Cell and um, who else is down there? All the Ginyu. They all have their like full bodies and they're taking over hell. But that doesn't appear in the manga because they just don't exist like that. <laughs> I who is it that's cheering for Boo or cheering? Oh, oh yeah, it was it's Bobby, Bobby at the end because <laughs> he was pissed off as he got killed. He was cheering for Goku at the end of the series <laughs> down there in hell. Uh, so yeah, uh, I mean we don't like to say oh that's just filler, ignore it. But I think that appropriately explains why in the TV series you have those examples of uh, people having their bodies when they shouldn't. And I love that Dabura was sent to heaven. Absolutely love it. He's got sparkles in his eyes. He's playing in the flowers. Absolutely phenomenal. And that's going to wrap up our emails for the week. If you would like to send us an email, it is oh so simple. You hop over to Daisenshu EX. You click that contact link. You have all the info. And you know what? It's real easy. You just send it to podcast at DaisyX.com. Very simple. So uh, I think we're going to wrap up the episode now. I know. Very sad. We do want to plug Skits and his auction. That's going to be coming up on December 10th. You don't want to miss it. You don't want to miss it. Remember, this is for all Tendai Zenshu in the two DBGT Perfect File books. And when it reaches a certain price point, I'm throwing in Legends on PS1. And it reaches another price point, I'm throwing in Idainaru Songoku Densetsu on the PC engine. So uh, it's going to be this mass extravaganza of DBZ stuff to own and love and bathe in. So make sure you look forward to that. You get a link um, the show notes, and we'll talk more about it in the future. What else do we have going on? Anything cool coming up? We're going to have uh, some more contests coming up. We'll probably run another contest uh, after we do the skits auction. We want to put some emphasis on that. Uh, Maybe for the Christmas time. That'll be good if you missed the auction. We'll give away a couple things. I actually have some posters here, too. Oh, God, That I forgot I have. Neat. Yeah. They're hot posters. So look forward to that. Uh, Next week, we're going to be back with episode 54. Coming up soon, we're going to have a Jump Ultimate Stars review. We're probably not going to have that right away because that'll take a while to... Yeah, you want to make sure you have enough characters unlocked. (laughs) Right. Maybe you can get some help on uh, reviewing that game. I know plenty of people out there that we are friends with are getting the game. We are so psyched for Wi-Fi battles. Oh, my God. Oh, my God. Yeah, I'm going to be a while getting mine, but... Don't worry. I won't worry. I have full faith in you, sir. Okay. And that's pretty much it. So look forward to episode 54 next week. Dyson Shoot EX. You know, we got a site. We got all sorts of great stuff. You can check it all out there. 
you know, a lot of podcasts are all like, oh, yeah, we have a website, too. Well, we were a website long before we were a podcast. We have all sorts of guides, and, we, you know, we have our forums and our chat, but check all that stuff out. Daisenshu EX, Julian, where can it be found? We can be found at www.daizex.com. That's daizex.com. That's true. And then we got Mary over here. She's got a site called Temple of Trunks. That's right. It's my little trunks uh, shrine, if you will. And I will. And you will. It can be found at T-E-M-P-L-E-O-T-R-U-N-K-S.com. Templotrunks.com. Good stuff. So thanks for checking out uh, the beginning of our second year of the podcast. We're thoroughly excited. So uh, for Mary over here, for Julian, I am Mike Labrie, Vegito EX, and... I don't want you to love me anymore. Daisenshu EX Podcast. Konju mo kiite kudasatte arigatou gozaimasu. Jikai wo tarashimi ni.